Laura Desiree here. Welcome to Licked and Loaded. Uh, as you should know by now, I'm not just a sex positivity advocate, but I'm a, a grand activist within sex workers' rights. And I say grand because it does occupy a lot of my effort, my friendships, and uh, the energy I like to put into my day-to-day. -day. I am so excited to welcome today's guest because I met her in the experience of capturing a five-part mini-series that uh, was all about getting the truth of sex work right from the experience of the professionals doing the jobs today. Uh, that project was called Red Umbrella Talk, and uh, all five episodes are available on YouTube. So once you finish up here, why not give those a little viewing? Uh, but today's guest is one of those brilliant voices that we had featured in Red Umbrella Talk. And I am so delighted to have this chance to sit one-on-one -on -one with the incredible, the brazen, the oh-so-beautiful Miss Kayla Cat. delighted to see you again my friend this is such a treat to have the fabulous the iconic the all-around amazing Kayla Cat on Licked and Loaded today hello hi how are you it's been I'm, when did I see you was it a year ago it was uh, it was over it wow time really flies it's great to see it you was again. it was such a long time ago and for for it was over a year it was November 2020 yes oh my god it was right by my birthday that's right. Yes. Okay. Well, so for people watching, listening, tuning in, Kayla and I had this really incredible getting to know each other experience. I was in the process of putting together this five part YouTube series investigating sex work. Um, in these these isolated episodes each of them kind of capturing a different aspect of one of the jobs within sex work the project was called red umbrella talk we filmed it at the museum of sex and the episode that kayla joined us for that was the most challenging episode to cast for and to secure uh really all of all of the conversation points for because it was of course the escorting episode yeah. and it really is a challenging uh discussion to have just with the the work itself being so deeply misunderstood and of course uh so dangerous even in our modern world today and kayla you came in and you shared so much of yourself in that experience i'm i mean getting another chance to sit and talk with you is just so thank you thank you because i know that this is this is a a challenging world we live in for anyone making a living as you do it is it is but um things I, I think are getting slowly better in some ways. However, it seems like every time you take a couple steps forward, you go like five, 10 steps back. But um, mm. for example, in New York now, it is not officially decriminalized, but they're no longer prosecuting it. So before I may have had concerns about coming on here and like speaking openly because I could be arrested per se, but that won't happen anymore. Although I am a touring companion, so. Mm. Yeah, touring companion. Aren't there aren't there two bills that we're looking at right now? Uh, one of them for legalization, one of them for decriminalization. 
in New York or? I believe it's in New York. I know there's always some type of decrim bill, but I'm not really sure about the legalization one. I haven't heard about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I'm not as up to date as I should be, to be honest. Right. Well, there's ample time to do that. And I think yeah. for anyone listening, there's there's grand time to do it even right after you listen to this, yeah. uh, because it's true. It is a forever changing playing field. Right. Uh, you get certain lawmakers and politicians behind one idea, but there's always this, you know, interest in regulating it, you know, looking at uh, structures like, say, the Nordic model, which is it's obviously now too. So what I should have been clearer about that. The Nordic model is kind of what we have now in New York. Whereas like I, the person selling sex would not be prosecuted or arrested, but the person buying it can be. So that is essentially what the Nordic model is. And it's kind of based on the framework framework from my understanding that we're victims and that they're preying on us, which also is not fair or true all the time. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And I definitely want to get into what you would call the ideal societal structure around this industry. I want to get there. But for people that don't know Kayla Cat, in your own words, how would you describe the job that you do? Um, I consider myself a an escort, full service, meaning I provide the full sexual service, um, except anal. I don't do that yet. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, escort, that's what I've always gone by. I know now, like, I see more people saying provider or companion, and I guess, I don't know, I just feel like escort is what fits me best, and I like the sound mm -hmm. of it. It has a nice ring, so yeah. And and how many years has this been the career for you? I think I'm officially at 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so where in the 10 years, was it something that happened immediately where you said, this is for me, I am good at this, I'm going to be great in my pursuit of this career? It was my very first time doing it, honestly. Like the, the, the very first customer that, I, I mean, I always had a feeling, like I knew in my heart, the minute I found out about the job, I was like, this speaks to me on a soul level. Like I will be good at this, like this is for me. And then after I did it, I was just fucking like high. I was like, oh my God, like this is a calling for sure. And then you leave with the money and you, you just got fucked and it's just, it's a great day. <laughs> so what, what kind of person is built for this work? Is there a, a certain list of personality traits or, or just predisposed, uh, you know, traits an individual should have in order to succeed? Um, there are definitely some people who I would not recommend for the job. Um, those would be people who mostly think of sex as this very, like you can think of sex as a sacred thing for sure. And like be spiritual about it, even with, you know, your clients or my clients, but people who are like, they feel like, you know, those people who, when they have sex, they feel like they're giving something up and they need to save it until like the 10th date to make sure they're really respected. And, you know, and then even then, you know, don't just, I think if you come in with a mindset that like sex is something human and beautiful and it's about pleasure and touch and connection and that's it, like no holds barred. I think people who have that mindset to begin with tend to do a little better with it emotionally and psychologically, you know, whereas other people, and of course people join for different reasons, but if you come in with that mindset, you're probably going to have a harder time adjusting emotionally. It might not 
feel very healthy for you in the beginning. I was not like that going in, but yeah. Why, why do you think that in our modern world, there are individuals that still hold sex and the act of sex in this regard that is make or break for whether it's their their purity whether it's their goodness why do we still have such an ultimatum around sex in this modern world where like dating apps and and hookup apps are everywhere this we still have people though that look at this as such an intense exchange that you know might deem them uh shame worthy for doing it yeah, I mean, definitely Christi Christian ideology, um, all that purity stuff is very pervasive, even if you are not a Christian. Um, um, compulsory monogamy, it's like the way to go. Gender roles, the idea that women become less valuable with the more sexual partners they have, or they become dirtier, or whatever, or all the other things they say body count, like who gives a fuck. Um, mm -hmm. None of that, men don't really generally have those same concerns. So, I mean, I think there's a lot that goes into it. It is changing, but also, you know, some people really just want to have sex with people that they love and care about only. And that's, that's great. Um, if they do decide to enter the industry though, that might be a really hard thing for them to reconcile. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see it as a fit at all. Yeah. I just, Right? They, tend, like, they tend to really have a really rough time. Um, mm. Sometimes like it really can traumatize them. Um, so yeah, I was not like that going in. I'm, I mean, in, in the list of things you should ask yourself before entering this business, that would be a big one, right? Yes. How do you, how do you view sex? Is it yeah. something that feeds you your self-worth? After I see, you know, three clients in a day, or am I going to yeah. count my money and skip home happy? or just go Oof. take a nap, like which one? Right, right. Yeah. These are very important questions that you should have answered for yourself before you enter. So yes, but also remember, I mean, I know you already know people sometimes work because not because they want to per se, but because they have to. So, you know, there's that. But if you have the choice, definitely, and the time, definitely please think about what you're doing before you do mm. it. It'll mm. be best for everybody. Yeah, I think I think there's a huge education that individuals can get just by even visiting the website of a professional like yourself. I was just even before we jumped on this call, I was like, I'm just going to go through Kayla's website again and have a look here because it had been some time. And my mm -hmm. goodness, the offerings are so, so vast. And right when you think or right when an individual would think this is a business about meeting up hooking up and fucking off. There seems to be so much more to it. I want this audience yeah. to understand in what ways is this work more than just physicality. So when it comes to your own experiences, what else is in the, the encounter with your clients? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it is just physicality, which is also fine. And other times, I'm sorry, let's cut that out. I've had a hair on my lip. <laughs> sometimes it sometimes it is just physicality, which is fine, you know. Um sometimes you just want to get off. Me too. And uh who better than a beautiful woman that you chose yourself? Um 
And other times it's about so much more than that. I think most times, honestly, even if they think it's just about the sex, like oftentimes it's not just about the sex. It's about the touch, like just feeling another person's skin on your skin. A lot of people are touch starved. Um, a lot of people want to feel listened to. People don't really listen very well um, at all. But escorts, at, at least the ones I know, we tend to. So having all of that together, in addition to the sex, the intimacy, like that can be a really, really therapeutic experience for people. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just I mean, personal human connection is really, really valuable. Even today, I have, sorry. No, 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 no. I, I trust me. I'm, I'm loving. I'm, I'm so. You're giving me so much that I'm like, oh my god, I need to jump off from that yeah. and that and that. And I, I, I know that there's this very large respect for privacy. So, I mean, I'm not saying let's go down the list and name names. Let's go to absolutely <laughs> not, absolutely not. But the kinds of conversations, the kinds of connection that you're having in these verbal exchanges with clients, are you hearing happy stories? Are you hearing sad stories? Are you having discussions that are uh, deeply personal? What, what kinds of places are you going in these connections? I often find myself going to pretty deep places with clients. I think just the nature of the relationship and also the fact that we're both doing this kind of taboo thing together that, you know, they're probably keeping a secret. It kind of make, what is the word? Is it a microwave relationship? No, I don't know if that would actually. You're in be cahoots. You're in cahoots. <laughs> yeah. Like it makes people open up more. They trust you more because there's an expect ex expectation of discretion and privacy and that you're there to meet their needs. And so they end up telling you things that sometimes they haven't even told their wives of 20 years. And, um, yeah, I mean, especially men, I don't think that men, for the most part, get very deep with their other male friends. And a lot of other things like that they could talk to their wives about, for example, like what if something that about their other sexual desires, and they don't want to hurt them. So mm -hmm. that alone can open up like a whole flood of emotions that you've been repressing, because you didn't feel comfortable sharing with most people and unfortunately I understand because like you said sex is still kind of this you know low down shameful thing to a lot of people do you find that you're having these connecting moments before or after the sex happens I, I mean more so after pillow talk is a weird yeah. thing <laughs> I love pillow talk like tell me your deepest darkest secret <laughs> Isn't it amazing that sex can be an icebreaker for deeper yeah. intimacy in another kind of way? <laughs> Absolutely. Like the endorphins just get you, like, it's just everything. It creates a vibe. That's why I like, I used to do the dinner dates and have the sex after the dinner. But now I like to have a little quickie before the dinner date because you go there like a little bit high off the sex, your endorphins mm. are hitting. You're a little bit more comfortable. You're not like anticipating the sex so much. So you're more comfortable. And the conversation over dinner is so much better in my experience. Mm. And then the mm. sex after that again is even better. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you're well fed at that point, both Absolutely. emotionally and, <laughs> and physically. Yeah. I love that. As as you begin to work with, say, a newer client, someone that regardless of whether or not the client has experience working with professionals like yourself, regardless of that, say they're new to you. How are you reading this new client? How are you doing whatever the research is? Is there research as you're learning about them to 
deepen this connection? I mean, is that even a goal for you in the encounter? What are you observing about them in order to make it the best experience possible? Um, I kind of, not only do I observe, which I do, I'm very good. I think all of most sex workers are very good at reading like nonverbal cues and body language. So there's that. Also, you might look at the introduction message that they sent you when they first reached out. I always read that on the way there just so I have a fresh, because sometimes they'll leave like little hints about what they're looking for. Cues or ask little questions so I can gauge what it is they really want. Because of course, you know, the sex, obviously, that's, we're going to have good sex. But what, like, is there something more that I can give you that would make you even more fulfilled that you maybe mm -hmm. you didn't realize that you needed or wanted? Well, what I'm, what I'm, yeah, what I'm, what I'm kind of going down the path of here is, hey, is there something that couples in general, relationship in general, people can benefit from, from this mastery that sex workers like yourself have a hold on? Like, is there something that individuals are missing about connecting and understanding the desires and the, the, the intimacy of their partner? Is there something that they're missing in, in the way of reaching that? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, definitely, I notice a lot of my clients, if they do have something that they're missing in their relationship, it's more, it's like, I would say it comes down to communication and openness to try new things or just Hmm. But then, you know, there's so much that goes on in a relationship, you know, mm. I can go into a whole rant right now about how monogamy might just be the problem. But <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. What a you know, modern like, hot take. Nobody, nobody can be your everything. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to have a really good answer for you right now. No, no. I think nobody can be your everything is just such a grand summary of this exact debate. The idea about finding ways to fulfill your other desires. Life is short. What are we here for if not to live and experience and feel pleasure? I think we owe it to ourselves. Right. We People have such a hesitation. Happier. Everybody around us is happier. There's a, a grand hesitation in the receiving of pleasure, of indulgence, yeah. of exploring yeah. one's erotic self. Because of course, yeah. er eroticism is not just the act of sex, nor is sex just an act. It's this place that we go. And, yeah. I, and, and I think that a lot of people need to begin to understand that philosophy for themselves to find more pleasure in their life. Exactly. And also some, I've had people who just wanted to hug like mm. for an hour, like just like a cuddle, wow. like because they just like people are very touch starved. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's I, it's, I not, mean, it's not incredibly common, but it's not as rare as you might think it is either. Right. Right. This this desire for connection that has uh, a warmth of compassion in it. My goodness, yeah. that's where we're at humans as technology continues yeah. to develop and we grow apart from those human connections. I mean, we really shouldn't be surprised. No. So in the work that you do, is there a grand analysis 
of human beings that just isn't understood by anyone other than a sex worker? Is there something that's so that links all of the client base that you have, whether it's something we need or something that makes us feel fulfilled? Is there something that a grand observation you've made about humanity as a whole, just in doing this work? Grand. <laughs> I know, I know, right? I don't know if I would say that I have a grand observation. I feel like I've said this many times already. I think people just want to feel seen and heard and desired and important and special and pleasured and connected and at their core. And a lot of people's acting out is because they don't feel some of that. Hmm. Oh, I mean, that speaks to so much of the unrest and the turbulence that we have in our modern world today, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And not judged, you know, like if you have a more unique kink just to have somebody not judge you indulge right. yeah okay let's let's have let's have some fun with it here let's let's pontificate let's let's wax on the idea of the future i was watching this movie the other night uh that was made in 1967 and it's called the oldest profession oh. it's a series of six short films that were all made by European directors that basically document prostitution through the eras. Oh my so God, that's amazing. Oh yeah, my you've God. got, yeah, oh. you've got like pre prehistoric prostitution, Roman Empire era of sex work. <laughs> you go through the ages, but the last one in this series, which I thought was the most interesting, was this, this vision of the future of sex work. And it was directed by the famous art house master, Jean-Luc Godard. And in it, he there's a character of a prostitute that is being uh, entering, entering a hotel room of the buyer and mm -hmm. It's very cold, it's all shot in black and white, and she's wearing a piece of jewelry around her neck that attaches to the dress she's wearing. And the dress she's wearing is only undone once the transaction begins and you can okay. remove it, basically unwrap your purchase, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he ends up not going through with the appointment because she won't speak to him. And I believe that she is meant to be artificial intelligence, at least in my interpretation of it. So what I'm what I'm bringing this all home to is the advancements of technology that we're seeing today, AI, all of these very smart and sophisticated kinds of sex tech and and tech opportunities to connect. Do you think that this line of work could ever be completely replaced by artificial intelligence? completely absolutely not because they're not humans they people that want human <laughs> um i mean they may settle but it's never going to be the real thing there are going to be some people who go for that if it becomes an option because you mm -hmm. know especially people who maybe are a little bit nervous about booking a real human being escort you know they might go with that first but i i don't think that you can ever it's not a real human and that's not going to that's not actually going to tap into what is actually wanted that's mm. just my opinion but yeah. it, 
it'll there'll certainly be a market for it, but eradicate it, no way. It might it's be interesting, you know. The idea of well, if the shame is about maybe you know stepping out of your relationship to have this private and pleasure seeking experience, is there a shame reduction in doing it with? artificial intelligence or technology or a, a robot as opposed to doing it with another human being. I think there probably would be. Yeah. I, just, I mean, I was, I was thinking something, but I just forgot. So I'm going to let you talk and maybe it'll come back to me. Yeah, I'm I'm it's it's a fun debate to have in my head, right? Because I want to say you'll never replace humans. You'll yeah. never replace the quick I mean, wit. Like what about virtual reality porn? That right. shit is awesome. I saw it once, oh my God. But yeah. I still want dick. Yeah. I'm still, not, I'm still not gonna be like, hey, I'm gonna do this instead of get this really awesome dick. It's just not gonna happen. So let's say you're the buyer, okay? This is the future. There's no this dick available, then sure. <laughs> <laughs> so so this is it this is the scene okay it's the future and kayla really needs dick but mm -hmm. human human not, dick is always human kayla really needs dick all the time um human dick is an option but there's also really sophisticated technology that looks feels and is experienced like a human to the point where it's almost indis indistinguishable, indiscernible. This is like a whole robot with skin that feels human. Yeah. And like, that's actually a little bit scary. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just got genuinely creeped out. <laughs> I feel like, it's gonna happen. Like, what if something malfunctions? Like, I don't know. Um, no, this is good. We need to let them know that there's going to be issues with these. Like, yeah. do, do not opt for the robot. The human will always be better yeah yeah i mean uh, i mean for some people absolutely because we're going there like it's going to be a part of our world i would say in the next like 10 to 15 to 20 years we're going to start seeing far i think we already right. have several robots they're just not yeah. super duper human yet but they're getting there mm -hmm. they're getting there yeah, they're, they're definitely getting there and i mean i i'm there's this denial that sex is a huge part of our world, mostly by the Republican Christian right. And it's like, look at where advancements in technology are going to places, military and sex tech. They're, not, like, they're often the most like, they got a, they got a lot inside them that, that comes out during sessions. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Repression does, repression just, builds it more the more you try to stuff it down the more it wants to come out mm -hmm. let's just be free do you see that breaking point with clients where they wrestle with their repression and then perhaps overcome it in a in a moment with you hmm not so much with me but i have had experiences with clients where you know, I'm with them, but then they're asking to like watch gay porn or trans woman porn. And then they'll like be really weird about it. And they'll want to get like high and drunk because they're like ashamed. But then like, I can never bring it up while they're sober. 
but then when they're fucked up, they'll be like, can we invite, you know, one of your friends and I'll invite a friend, but then they'll sometimes stop talking to me after because they can't believe they did it in front of somebody. Like I see them battling with that, but that's also like internalized homophobia and transphobia. So that's more, but um, yeah. Would that's you say that's something that came to mind? I yeah. haven't, yeah. And, and would you include that as part of the job or is that an extra element that, sometimes makes its way in. How much of a personal therapy session do you host knowingly saying that this is part of the job? I mean, I don't really consider it therapy. I'm just like, if you're in this moment, I know you like it. You may not be ready to live it out loud, but come on, let's do it. Let's, you know, yeah. is gonna get paid. Hopefully everyone can have a good time as long as they're respectful. Mm. Um, I think, that it could be good. I mean, again, repression, I don't see that ever helping anyone. No, it's, it's, in or a way, it's suppression, not repression is when you can't remember, right? Am I saying repression. That? It's, yeah. it's, they're deeply, they're deeply repressed individuals. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like a, a form of indulgence therapy, however, you know, the way that yeah. there's ex exposure therapy where you have to witness or experience something that you hold trauma around. There's also this indulgence therapy, which is just seeking out pleasure for yourself, which I mean, let's be honest, that's that's what the job is, is letting that person seek out their pleasure or aiding in that person seeking their pleasure. Absolutely. And I love doing mm. that, honestly. Gosh, yeah. it's beautiful work. People. Like when they get all weird after, <laughs> you know, that happens sometimes because they have their own internalized shame. But um. I hope it does benefit them in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The aftermath, you would get a lot of, I'm sure, all kinds of responses in reflection based on what they experienced with you. Yeah. Wow. I mean, is there ever cause for concern in that where you say, yeah, we're not going to continue again? Is there anything you would want? these buyers or a potential future uh, uh, client to know? Um, I, I haven't had experiences like that, so I, yeah. I can't really weigh in too much. Yeah. I've yeah. never been concerned or I was like, let's stop. It was more so, I kind of just feel bad for them. Like you're, that's an internal thing. Like that's yeah. hard, you know? Yeah. If you're married to a woman and you're gay, like that's hard it's scary to come out too just like that's an internal struggle i feel bad right but I, think that I can at least provide a place where you don't you can be free to explore um yeah wow be free to explore that in itself is a permission that so many of us do not grant ourselves yeah hmm. so kayla looking at the ideal way to fit uh, this kind of sex work into society, what would you say is the best model if there is one? <clears throat> I'm always going to say decriminalization. I say decriminalization because that just means that nobody's getting arrested unless you actually are, you know, forcing someone into something, which is then no longer sex work, it's trafficking or rape. Um, if you were to legalize it, a lot of people will talk about that as an option. But the problem with that is that there is still going to be 
like you're most likely going to need permits or like there's going to be a bunch of things you have to do to do it legally. It's just like you can't just legally sell weed now. Like you have to do a bunch of things to be um, licensed or up to date. Yeah. So then there's still going to be illegal prostitution and that's most likely going to impact people who um, are more marginalized, like poor people or minorities, et cetera. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It'll be a... they're always going to be the people who get the brunt of anything. Um, but at least with decrim, it's kind of they're not nobody's getting arrested. And I don't mm. think anybody should be getting arrested for this. Mm. I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, people for free all the time. Yeah, yeah. it's such a human, <laughs> such a human, natural experience but of course because it's there's such a deeply rooted discomfort in the level of vulnerability that goes along with being a sexual person my god we can't let it become a freedom right we've this there has to be regulation around it that's that's the world we live in and i do think it's changing i'm seeing more and more decrim movements in new york especially i mean we are such a liberal forward-thinking city yeah yeah. Slowly but surely. I have faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kayla, I think that you are such a, a blaze of confidence and beauty and, and grace and above all else, professionalism in this realm. I mean, thank you for being on this show today and for letting us in on the world that you experience on the regular. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. It was awesome to talk to you again. And where can everyone find you online uh, should they be curious to know more? Well, my website is kaylacat.com, cat with two Ts. Um, my Twitter is kaylacatnyc, and my Instagram is kaylacatnyc with two Wonderful. Ts. <laughs> Wonderful. With two Ts, everyone, make sure you get it right. Um, again, thank you so much for your time. And hey, everyone watching and listening, if you like today's episode, if you want to know more, all you have to do is like, favorite, or subscribe to wherever you have found us. Uh, and definitely keep your ear to the rails, people. We've got a lot more episodes coming out for you. So until then, I'm Laura Desiree, and we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>